This is the Post America Podcast. That's right, motherfucker. What the fuck you know about podcasting? This is our shit. Post America. Macho Black, Richie Crutch, Chrissy the Baboon. Post America Podcast, son. Download that shit, motherfucker. What's up, everybody? It's Richie. We're back, Post America Podcast. And today I got my man, Zach Barone of Carried by Six with us today. What's up, Zach? What is up? Primo Ghost. Richie, how are you? Good, man. Good. Now, listen, Carried by Six, that's, that's your band. You've been doing it for a minute, and I know you got some stuff out already. You got some stuff coming out. You're causing some waves. And in your band, tell me. Your band is com- comprised of uh, a few guys from other bands. What bands are these guys in? Well, uh, or were they with, in, I should say? Start with uh, our boy, the founder of Carried by Six, Chris Mahmood. He was in Box Cutter, Mushmouth, pretty much any legendary PA band you can think of. He's, uh, he's been in. Is he the founder? Yeah, I, Chris started the band. He he was the one pressuring me to become a front man. He's like, yo, let's start a band. Let's start a band. Chrissy Mamouf, son. Nice. OG. The brains. The brains behind the operation. Yeah, he did time with Crutch. Uh, I did time with Mushmouth. Still do. Yeah, that's a lot of uh, crossover right there. Okay, continue. And then uh, we got Kyle. Kyle's also one of the brains of the operation. He played in Lifeless. Mm. And uh, before Lifeless was... Um, what was it what do you call it? Uh was it uh When These Days End? Mm. Which was like uh, it was like straight up it was uh, that was like Michael, the drummer of Lifeless, and Kyle, and I think I forget who else was in that band, but that was his band before with Lifeless. Lifeless was and, dope. Yeah, yeah, that fucking that was this the soundtrack to uh the prison riots, as I, I like to call it, you know? Yeah. You're never going to hear, you're never going to see people beating each other up the way they did during Lifeless Pets, you know? Yeah, Lifeless got sick. Yeah, hard as fuck, too. So, um, and then next we got Chris Smith, our drummer. He played in, uh, what was it? A fair, he played in Ghost Ship, was it? That band Ghost Ship, that straight edge band. Mm. And then um, he also played in, uh, what the f- I'm throwing blanks. Sorry, Trail of Lies. Yeah, Trail of Lies. That's it. That was that was like a little powerhouse for a minute. Yeah. You know, Syracuse. What happened? They still play that band? No, I I think I don't know. To be honest, I think they kind of fell off. I don't really know any of the, the guys in the band. I think you know they did a little bit of touring after Chris left the band, mm. and then uh, you know, like most hardcore bands, they just kind of. You know, vanish into thin air, you know? No doubt, no doubt. It's hard to keep this game going, baby. Right? So, and then you got Sean Galino. You know what? I can't, I'm not even going to lie, and I apologize, Sean. I have no clue what bands he's played in prior to this, but he's just, you know. You know, he did do time in the Fury of Five uh, 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 recantation that that happened for a little while. The little Fury of Five reboot. So you got Jersey guys? North Jersey, that's Julino. You got Chris Smith, who's mm-hmm. from Syracuse. Yourself, mm-hmm. right out of Philadelphia. Uh, South Jersey with Kyle. 
And then uh, Mahmoud out of Reading, and uh, Mahmoud, for the people that don't know, Chris Mahmoud, he's the, the proprietor of the greatest club, Club Reverb in Reading, PA. So is practice difficult or what? Like, how do you guys even write a song with, with that kind of space in between? <sighs> it's funny because we literally practice maybe two, three times a year. And I mean, you, you got to, all those guys are talented musicians, seasoned veterans. You know, they can roll into a room, pick up their instrument and just get shit done. I mean, Kyle's, Kyle's a freak. He's always writing. He's sitting in the dark with candles lit, you know, probably selling his soul to the devil, writing riffs ah, and everything like that. What a creep. <laughs> I know, right? He's got like a snake wrapped around his throat or something, and he's just playing on his acoustic guitar. But, um, you know, Kyle writes a lot of the riffs. The mood's got some riffs. Everybody kind of contributes. And then, uh, you know. So would you guys do- like they mail, mail each other riffs and ideas? Uh, ahead of time email or no at the little group chat kyle come up with a riff send it to chris smith our drummer chris will probably figure it out on the drive down because he's got like a good three hour drive oh my god and then it's like literally the songs happen in 45 minutes i mean you gotta understand this is my first band and like these guys make it seem so easy so Mm. easy and fucking you know I try and write songs with Kyle and it takes fucking, it takes three weeks. I'm a mental midget. I don't have that talent. So you got these seasoned vets in all types of different bands from decades ago to even recent bands. And then yourself, this is your first fresh band. So is there like, are these guys, is there there someone helping you or just on your own to figure it out or what? I mean, yeah. I mean, with these guys, I mean, you know, I need a little bit of advice. They give me advice. Kyle writes some lyrics to kind of like the first, the first EP and the demo and everything like that. Kyle wrote the lyrics too, because you know, I'm, I'm a pretty face. That's about it. <laughs> you know, mm. I'm a personality. So you know, I'm, I got some lyrics, lyrics written, but are they fit? Do they fit the current project? Probably not. But like, you know, I'm, I'm working towards things. I got some lyrics written for the new shit that we got coming up. Kyle's going to, you know, add a little bit in. We're going to make things work. And, I, you know, I, I think being around these guys, I've definitely picked up on how on how things operate and like, you know, kind of just opening my mind, opening my mind and like kind of going along with the writing process and not overthinking things too much. Just just write it. Let it yeah. come out, you know. Well, you know what? I uh, I remember talking to Stigma, uh, Vinny Stigma, and him saying how he would he would be on stage, he'd be playing, and he'd find kids in 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 the audience and be like, "Yeah, that kid would be a good front man. Oh, that dude would be a front man." He was, and he used to put him in other bands and put him like that's how he found Roger, just dancing to Agnostic Front and snatched him up and said, "You need to sing in my band." And so maybe it's a situation like that, like these guys see you and you you definitely are. Uh, a known uh, guy in the scene, and they said, "Yo, we just got to make this dude a front man. He just doesn't know it yet." Maybe, maybe that's it. I mean, you know, they always say the best moshers usually make the best front man. There you go. Uh, I don't know if that's exactly my case because I'm a little bit of a maniac, but people like that though. They like that. You want a front man that has a sort of image, and let okay. There's there's different aspects. You could have just a great voice. And let's say a great voice like uh, Jamie Josta, like a yeah. just a further time, a great voice. A lot of people tried to imitate it. 
just guttural, this and that. And it's what's funny is I like tape read or right off the bat, the demos were just dope and just seven inch. I was like, holy shit, this is great. But a lot of my friends, your friends too, I remember back then them saying, ah, I don't like tape read, man. And I'd be like, what? Why? The shit is dope. This singer looks like a, like he's a pussy. Like he don't look tough. Like they would just say that. And I'd be like, ah, like it, to me, I'm just like, that's weird. But like, those guys are more for the aspect they want the image yeah you know I mean? so there's then the other you know you got the voice and then the other part of it the image the front man with the image that looks like he owns the joint that already has a, a little reputation and if you could combine the both if you could get the voice with the lyrics and then the image that's a beautiful thing so i think you're on the right track i hope so i mean i'm i'm, I'm with the best to do it you know so yeah, I just try and try and take a little bit out of everybody's book as much as I can and apply it on stage and kind of get comfortable, but kind of develop my own thing, you know. So as a young, fresh faced new front man, is there anybody who you just you look to in hardcore or otherwise other front men that you just appreciate their style? You you emulate a little bit or you you take a little bit of notes off of anybody? Oh, man, like. I got so many, like, cause I, like, I draw from like a, like a more from like a punk rock background and like, you know, like punk rock guys kind of bounce around and everything like that. But then, you know, as I got older, I got into bands like Madball, Death Threat. And those guys are just like, not only do they got the voices, but they just like, they don't have to like jump around and be crazy all the time. Like they, like they, they're just cool. Like to me, like, you could sit there and march on stage and act hard and everything like that. But like, there's just something about like, if somebody can just look cool, like, and just be like, not nah, like, you know, be in touch with the crowd, not going crazy, running around, which I mean, like, I love performers that run around on the stage and are mosh and everything, but like to control the crowd and be cool at the same time, like to me, that's, that's always been the, like the thing that I've looked at the most. And like, uh, you know, so definitely guys like Aaron, Aaron Knuckles from Death Threat. I mean, Freddie, I mean, I, I feel like the older he's gotten, the more he's been running around on stage, like, whipping his hair around. Um, you know, uh, was it Mike Score from All Out War? He's not like really going crazy on stage, but, like, you know, he, he controls the crowd. He, you know, like all, all those guys, I mean, they're like, you know, late nineties, early two thousands, hardcore, you know, you got a wide array of front men. And, uh, I just try and do my own thing. You know, everybody says, Oh, do, do some hard shit on stage. Like, like what's hard shit. Like you want me to fucking knock somebody's teeth out in the crowd? Well, I don't want to do that. <laughs> you know, cause to me, that's, that's what's hard. But like, uh, you know, those guys, man, you know, Freddie, Aaron, uh, Mike Score, those guys, dude, they mm, kill it. Yeah, good choices. Definitely uh, all of those, especially Freddie. Yeah, Freddie was always a good front man, even as like a, a kid, you know, because you go back and you yeah. see some videos and you're like, oh, he's like 15 here or something. Like, what the hell? This is great. Yeah. Right. And that's just a, a thing of confidence, yeah, like, right? It's kind of like you kind of got to, at, even if you're not, you have to appear confident. Yeah. And, like, I mean, you know, having a good band behind you that just like 
you know, last show, like we kind of, you know, we only practice. The thing about hardcore is like everything has to be organic, mm. you know, everything like, it, you know, if it's like choreographed or if it's like, if you plan it too far ahead, like if you practice some shit on, like while you're, while you're practicing with your band, like, you know, anybody in hardcore who's been around knows like, all right, you guys just like plan that. Like that was like something planned, like the, the best shows, the best sets always come off real organic, you know, like no planned bullshit. Yeah. I remember, uh, I went on tour with, with a certain band and it's the first time I saw kind of like, uh, cause you're seeing the same band every day, you know? And then this, mm-hmm. this particular band, I was like, wait a minute. They had like the same thing every night, even the same stuff that appeared to be like just winging it was premeditated. You know what I mean? And I, yeah. and it's yeah. like, all right, yeah, do whatever you want. You know, it worked because you know, they, they were, they're a great band and people love them. But I was kind of like bummed out. I'm like, wait a minute. Like he said that same exact oh, yeah. thing last night about the same exact situation. And uh, the guys act surprised last night, you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's it's, it's the thing. I, I love to play shows with no set list, and just kind of try to guess what people might want to hear, what will work next. But the guys in my band are very uptight, and they don't go for that. And plus, we got we don't we don't practice enough to do that anymore. But at one time we would, and I felt like, yo, at the end of one song, I could feel what what should go over next. You know what I mean? And that's, sometimes you're wrong, though. But sometimes when you're right, you're like, yes, I thought so. Boom. Like, we can't hit them with that. We got to hit them with this. And then when it works, you feel good, you know? I feel like that's that's when that's like being a seasoned veteran and like you're able to do that and control the room and read it. Man, that, I I hope one day I can I can do that. But like, yo, scratch that song. Let's yeah, do this. Yeah, exactly. You, you know what's up. And you at the end, you, you know this song's about to end. And in the back of your head, you're like, we're supposed to play song X next. Nah, nah, fuck that. You turn to the band and say, shut the fuck up. We're playing song C instead of song. Let's do it. Two, three, four, go. Jolino gets nervous. He looks to the air. He turns around. Mamu gets mad. Throws up off the side of the stage. But now you got a, you know, I've been in a band with Mahmood and Mahmood is a wild guy. You know, he's older now. He's a little calmed down, but, uh, I know you. I traveled all over the place where you. You're a wild guy. You guys like to party, do your thing, drink, whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. Now, the rest of the guys, like Kyle, he doesn't do anything, does he? Is he straight edge? Yeah, he's straight and edge. Chris, yeah. Chris Smith is straight edge, and so is Jolino, right? It's just Mahmood and I just there to, you know, just ride the wave. Give us all your drink tickets. Now, I like a band that's mixed like that with some dudes that are like party animals and some dudes that are straight out to me that works that's a good that's a good vibe there yeah it it definitely works like i said we get that's three people that don't drink that's like five drink tickets per person so that's what you know 15 drink tickets i mean i'm drinking for free beautiful that's a beautiful (laughs) thing i like that and um so for the people that don't know what what do you guys have out already and where can we hear it all right so uh you can catch us on spotify um it's uh you know carried by six check us up on there um we have a band camp as well and what's on there uh, we got our demo from uh from like early 2000 that we recorded you know the slow death uh-huh. demo 
that's got, uh, you know, obviously uh, the title track, Slow Death, uh, Through the Cracks, and On the Cross. Those were our three first songs that we did. And then uh, with the newest Eternity EP, demo, whatever you want to call it, uh, you got changes. You got uh, kind of like, a, you know, the song that everybody's feeling, Eternity. And then you got, uh, I can't even remember the names of their songs on there. You got um, Sloth, which features uh, Josh of Life's Question. Oh, dope band. And uh, yeah, I mean, dude, we want to talk about some talented young kids. Those, those kids are bringing, bringing hardcore to a whole nother level. Some weird shit, some real cool shit. But um, yeah, so Spotify, you know, go to sleep when you go to sleep put that shit on mute and just put it on replay so we can get our money up and we can tour the world loop it keep it playing so so you got that stuff out already anything for the future you get you in the studio soon what's the deal deal all right so we got um you know we were kind of trying to figure out what we wanted to do like you know and everybody in the band go like let's put out a split let's find somebody put out a split with well, we bounced a couple names off each other, like, you know, what, what bands we want to do splits with. I mean, I got, I'm probably like, you know, I'm, I'm always at shows. I'm always checking out young bands, new bands, old bands. So, you know, we were trying to figure things out and, uh, you know, Greg, Greg Falchetto from, uh, you know, the infamous Mongoloids, he's always in new projects, you know, he's World Demise after the Mongoloids. And he's got a new band, Hold My uh, Hold My Own, with uh, on cheat with your with your boys from A. I mean, yeah, man. So uh, you know, MG he's uh, he's another guy who's in a fucking million bands. He's in the sector MH Chaos. He's got Hold My Own now, and God, God only knows what else he's working on. But um, you know, I wanted to work with some guys that are you know who just are about real shit. They're about real hardcore. They love playing music and all those guys involved. They're, they're all, they're all active within their scene. And, you know, we asked a couple other bands, like, and it's like the same bullshit. It's like, uh, we don't got songs. Like, how do you, how do you be a band and not got songs? But not only that, it's <laughs> like, know? yeah, no kidding. You don't have songs now, but write it, write us. You down to write a song. You know, if you don't want to do it, just say you exactly. don't want to do it. But don't be like, oh, we don't have so Okay, right to. You want to do this or don't you? <laughs> I thought you were in a band. Wake yeah. up. These little suckers. You know, and so, you know, I hit up Greg and with zero hesitation, he's like, let's do it. And especially when I told him it was involving you with this record label that you're starting. And, um, you know, anybody in their right mind would, 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 would want to work so. with the O the OG of the PA. I, I agree, scene, people. You know? Wake up. That's right. And and this so is the first I'm, time Zach's putting it out there now. We're working on uh there's a new label it's gonna be putting out the carried by six uh uh split with um what's the name with Hold My, my own, own, which is members of Mongoloids, MH Chaos, and others. Very dope. And it will be a split seven inch old school style. We gotta bring that back. There's so many dope bands right now from across this whole country and even all throughout Europe that splits should be the way to go because people aren't 
as interested as they used to be in albums, it seems. But and and the life expectancy of bands is so short. Let's get a bunch of splits going with so many dope bands. You know what I mean? Never ran, never will right. records out soon. Hold my own. Carried by six. Let it be Let's known. go. So don't you know? Listen, don't fuck me over. Give me two fucking jalopy songs, and then put the two dope oh, songs with somebody else. You got to give me the cream of the crop songs, bro. We're we're with you for life. Then we ain't going Bird. anywhere else. We, we ain't going anywhere else. We, you know where our loyalty yeah, lies. Right. Triple B, suck our dick. Triple B, atch. Flat flat spot, suck flat our spot. dick. Which one's that? Uh that's uh. The dudes with uh, end it, um, dude. I mean, they got so many good bands out. Scout. You know what though? Triple B just did got, a big yeah. thing. Like Triple B's dope. We're just kidding, of course. But they just released uh, vinyl yeah. for uh, Newfound Glory, like old Newfound Glory. Get the fuck yeah. out of here! What they like, re- like a, a yeah, but I don't. Uh, maybe it was never released on vinyl before, like an old release, but on vinyl, like you know, yeah. special different colors, and sold out within like a minute. But that's a that's a big bold move. Good for them, man. Yeah, Sam. Sam kills it, dude. I mean, like, it, where? I mean, like, where? I mean, he just he's he's got it. That that record label label is uh firing on all cylinders. Yeah, yeah. it's the current. I mean, uh, you know, it's 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 the it's, new bridge. Yeah, nine. It's victory reincarnated. Bridge nine reincarnated. This present day we live in. It's it's triple B country. You know, hundred yeah, percent. You got it. Crazy. And they got a ton of talented artists on there. Totally, that new gridiron. But let's, let's, no, we're we're about to take it over. It's our right, turn. It's our turn, baby. Next, no, but yeah, check that split out, people. Now, now, Zach, for the people that don't know, this is a this is a a, a, a guy. He lives in Philly. Been going to shows for years and years, doing his thing. We just heard the story. Mahmoud pulled him in said take your shirt off boom you put a, a general medal right on his chest said you're the front man carried by six lead us into battle and now he's he's taking the reins and he's doing it but what got you you said early on you were into more punk stuff like what exactly what was your like opening door into this kind of stuff well like i started skateboarding at a real young age and like being an only child you know um you know, my mom would work on the weekends, you know, single mom, I'd be out on the skateboard, you know, and I'd be running around and like where my mom worked, there was a bookstore. So I used to go in there, check out the skate mags. And this is like when, you know, um, when magazines were still a thing, I, I don't do magazines even exist anymore. I don't, I don't even know, bro. But like, you know, skate mags, trans world, thrasher. And like, in them, you know, you had uh, record companies like Epitaph that, you know, they would, you know, because there was a whole entire genre of punk rock, you know, skate punk, like, you know, your Pennywise's, your lag wagons, your no effects's. And, um, you know, I would see stuff in there and, you know, kind of good being like it being like a kid that like, you know, skateboarding and music go hand in hand. So going to record shops and stuff like that. And I'd eventually pick up these records and then, you know, uh, I'd frequent more, more and more because, you know, I'd be out by myself. What else do you do? So, uh, you know, eventually I've run into things like Minor Threat, Operation Ivy. And, uh, you know, 
the crazy the crazy thing was like I ended up meeting my biological dad who was in the record industry and uh, he happened to know somebody who worked at Epitaph. So like to kind of make up for lost time. At what age did you meet him? I was 10 years old. And that's the first time meeting him. Yeah, that was the first time. And he was, you know, he's an old punk rocker. So um, some like one day I started, well, first I got the Misfits box set. That was like, uh, you know, being 11, 12 years old and get a Misfits box set. My fucking life had turned upside mm-hmm. down. And then, uh, you know, I get used to get these care packages from Epitaph. And, uh, you know, had like bad religion, pretty much any Epitaph artist you could think of, Pennywise, full, full, you know, Pennywise catalogs. And like at this point, I've been getting them for a couple of years. And is I want to say about 1999, 2000. Let's say 2000, maybe 2001 even. And inside that care package was Madball, hold it down. Oh, wow. That's it. Because that was on Epitaph. Yeah, that was on Epitaph. That was their, uh, when they did a release on, on Epitaph. I guess they signed yeah. with them. And that was that was it. So, you know, uh, Epitaph like kind of started. If there was no Epitaph, I would probably not be talking to you wow. right now. Wow. And that would be a very different, uh, kind of unique release for Epitaph. Yeah. They, I, I mean, at that point, I don't think they released anything mm-hmm. like that at that point. I mean, I'm actually was, I'm trying to think was downset on Epitaph. Not that I know. Might've been, but I don't know. But, uh, and that's also, that's one of the standout Madball uh, albums in my opinion. <sighs> that. I mean, like to me, that that was my first Madball album. So it's like I was kind of shocked when I heard that. Like you know, I had I had like Warzone, Lower East Side, like all that type of stuff. But like to hear that, like modern day mm. hardcore, whole. What did your Christ. dad do with Epitaph, or what was the connection? He worked well. He worked for Riker Records, which was like, have you ever heard the bands like Morphine or um, uh, what's his name from uh? Husker Du. Um, I heard a Husker Du or whatever you say. Husker Du. Yeah. Um, the one guitarist from Bob Mould. Bob Mould played in mm-hmm. Husker Du. And um, Riker Records was kind of like indie. Um, you know, at that point, I guess, you know, late 90s, it would be like all indie, like coffee shop rock, you know, <laughs> like. Like, so he, he was a big promotions guy, mm. um, you know, and he went on to work for, have you ever heard of Ani DeFranco? No, I don't think so. Another indie artist. She's huge. She was like, uh, like one of the first real feminist, uh, you know, rock independent artists. So like, he was a big promotions guy, but like what got him in the door was he was a radio guy. He started off in college radio he actually uh he was a dj for the edge and buffalo which is like uh the same market as like k-rock you know wys yeah yeah yeah, so he did uh djs um he would do college radio in boston buffalo like you know pretty much anywhere like i mean he bounced around a lot so but um yeah that's what he did he was big promotion and then you met him at 10 and he's like, I know how to mm-hmm. impress the kid. And he's he's throwing you some some uh 
insider stuff then. That's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. And where does he live now? Is he still around? He actually lives in Idaho now. He's like, um, he he went to go work for a radio station there. And, uh, you know, he he had his own show there. He was a program director. And, like, in, in that market, he's real well-known. But, uh, you know, he's no longer, he got out of radio. And now he's just, like, a supervisor for a transportation company. So, so. how would... How is it he wasn't around for until you were he seen you at 10 when, when you when you were 10? Did he like stick or was he in your life or not really just kind of like a passerby? No. Nah, well, here, here's the deal. I got family that lives in Alaska. My mom, uh, she was like kind of a maniac or whatever. And I guess like to get. For my grandmother to get her like out of her hair. She moved up to Alaska for a little bit, like 18, 19 years old. And uh, my biological dad, he's originally from uh, uh, was it Fairbanks. No, he's originally from Anchorage, but went to school in Fairbanks. Wow. So, uh, yeah, my 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 mom's side of family, they're from Fairbanks. And, uh, you know, I guess what else is there to do in Alaska except for drink and do drugs and party? And my mom that has never said it, but. From what I understand, she used to be an old punk rocker too. She like totally denies it, but mm. I mean, like, I don't know. Jeez. And how did you end up in Philly then? All my, all my mom's side of family is okay. from Philly. So, like, uh, you know, my my grandmother, she was raised in Alney. Um, you know, and then, like, we kind of bounced all around. Like, we never really kind of had a set place. We'd be in Center City, you know, one year, and then the next, South Philly, and then, you know, kind of all over. So, Damn, that's wild. Is she still around? you see her or no? Your mother? Nah, we, <laughs> being like, uh, being the, the, the lives that we lived, like, we, we haven't really talked in probably... Like, we haven't interacted very much in probably about 15 Damn. years. Yeah, it's been a long-ass time. That's wild. And then with him, you you, yeah. you talk to him occasionally or no, your father? Occasionally, you know. When you were a kid, was he throwing you some I mean, fazools, I, anything? Was this guy stepping up? Uh, you know what? He, there, was, there was a time, like, the first time I really spent it along, it was when he was living in Boston, right outside of Boston. I think it's like kind of southwest southwest suburbs of Boston, a, a town called Canton. And my my mom wanted like it was a summertime. Wanted me wanted to get up, get me out of her hair. So moved there, and like you know, we just we would go on record shopping sprees. I mean, like you know, take me to Newberry Comics. They had a big Tower Records there. Uh, in in like in Boston, like I think it was close to the government center, but this play, I, I'd never seen a tower records this big in my whole entire life. They, they had everything. And I think I came home with probably like 40, 50 new CDs. Just fucking, that was actually, that was where I bought Warzone Lower East Side. Nice. Uh, crew CD, it, it, that little EP that they had. And I, I could, I can pretty much tell you where I bought almost every single CD. Like I know, when he, I spent a whole entire summer in Buffalo, 
there's a place called House of Hits that was that was, I, I don't know if it's open anymore, but I bought Warzone Sound of Revolution there. I bought I want to say I bought an Agnostic Front album there. I think I I think I bought one voice. What, there. what year is this? I was 16 when I was in Buffalo with my dad. So I want to say that had to be 2001. Damn, nice, nice. Yeah. Little time in Buffalo. Are the wings there they, that great up there? I, I didn't find them to be that great in Buffalo. You know what? I didn't have Buffalo wings while I was there, but I did have my most favorite Buffalo pizza. There's a like a like kind of like a chain a chain spot called Lenova Pizza. You can actually overnight a pizza anywhere in the United States. They overnight pizzas, wings, you name it. Is it good? It's fucking crazy. It's actually. It's the best delivery pizza I've ever had in my whole entire life. You know how some pizzas don't, they don't travel shot. Well. Yeah, they get all good. They get, they get, they get to you. They're soggy and everything like that. This place, it, it, I mean, my dad said it was like at least five, six miles away. You know, a pizza can go to shit in, in, yeah, in a real. mile. And uh, it was still so piping hot when I got you. We had to let it chill out for like, a minute and like usually a pie when you get it delivered and it's that hot the cheese is all over the place it's hanging over the crust you know you, your toppings might yeah, not you even throw it right in the garbage at that all point. your toppings <laughs> all the toppings were in perfect place and it was like the little tiny pepperonis that flip up when they bake at the perfect temperature for the perfect amount of time and it's like a little bit of burnt crust around the edge of it and like it's like if you bite into it wrong like you might cut your gum on Damn, the pepper. Yeah, the edges get real hard, right? Yeah. A little crunch. Yeah, it was it was yeah, it was the best delivery. Now pie did they I've cut it was it a round pie? Did they round cut pie, it with, yeah. in that weird square fashion or did they make like pie cuts out of it? No. Huh? Nah, normal okay. normal normal pie. You ever go out Midwest and they do those cuts where it's like what are you like a a half a retard? Yo. Like why are you cutting the thing like this? It makes no sense. They give me a pie like that, like a normal pie. I'll punch yeah, them in the what, head. Like, why would you do that? Like that, if you if you cut it like a pie, straight across, cause like the the triangle type pieces. Now everybody has a mm-hmm. crust to hold, right? The crust, the outside crust, and they could eat it, mm-hmm. fold like a normal person. When you cut it in these boxes, when you get the center pieces, like what do you? How do you even pick it up? Like, it's it's a, it makes no sense. And what if you want uh, some crust on there? You know what I mean? Like. But not only that, when you cut it into squares, that that center, those center pieces are soft. It's like a bowl of soup. It's not a slice of pizza. It's a bowl of tomato soup. Exactly, with some cheese melted on top of it. Get the fuck out of here! Midwest anomalies. They don't know any better. (laughs) Stick to making hot dogs, your Polacks. Exactly. (laughs) Who knows? Here we go. Here we go. My bad. You're not a Polak. Don't worry about it. But in Buffalo, oh, so no. so, do you know who worked at that record store that you went to? Uh, House Scott of the Hits? Vogel worked there. When you were 16, you came in and you bought a CD off him. He was only 38 at the time. No, I'm not teasing. No way. <laughs> yeah. No. No, because I, I would have known Vogel at that point. And he was that. I'll tell you one person that that is in my life now that, you know, we're friends with that it kind of crossed paths before I even knew was OG. Really? Yeah. Going into repo records on South street. Oh, wow. 
I used to go in there Does all the recall? time. You know, he probably mm. doesn't. Probably doesn't because I mean, I used to go in there. I'd buy CDs. I would sell CDs. You know, get a like a little bit extra pocket money. Mm. You know, I would because all the CDs that I would get were all like promotional nice. shit. So like that was just sent to me. So I was like, ah, this shit's old. It's kind of corny. It doesn't fit my style yeah. anymore. So if my dad, if my dad's listening, sorry, pops. Sorry, I had to get my could, weed could money. Consider a child support. <laughs> no. You deadbeat. You should have been sending checks. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus! So yeah, OG. You know what? And I vividly remember OG working the counter, and I would bring in this stack of CDs, and he would kind of just look at me and like. Give me like 20 minutes and I'll go through it. That's <laughs> you know, funny. In that, in that OG demeanor. But yeah, I remember OG from back in what the day. Guy, what a guy. You know, like uh, probably. Now you yeah. know why they call him OG. Yeah, baby. That's good. Was he, was he nice to a nerdy little kid like you or was he nasty? He was, he was nice, you know, but you know, you get a lot of idiots going yeah. there, you know? And a lot of people back then, especially they did like talking to the, the employees at record stores, you know? And they they try to prove yeah. that they knew something a little bit. Hey, so uh, when are you getting uh, that new uh, suicidal in? I heard it comes out April. You know, it's like the guy, the guy probably hears oh, this all day. Man. Yeah, yeah, kid, I get it. You know, a little something. Take a fucking walk. Yeah. <laughs> the, the record stores oh, were so shit. important back then, though. You know. Yeah, dude. I mean, that's that's like that's. I mean, I discovered a lot of shit on my own. I mean, like you know, hardcore. I, I feel like you, you get into punk rock and hardcore, you can identify an album, a CD, just by looking at the cover. Like, oh, this is gonna, this is, this is up Completely, my alley. Yeah. You know, yeah. or just flip it over, look at the record label. I remember, I remember seeing Blood, that. Sweat, and No Tears, Sick of It All, the album cover alone. And I was like, ooh, I'm gonna like this. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, just know. and uh, it was like the broken glass with like a bunch of images of people going nuts, moshing around and shit. It was, uh, yeah, it was a cool time. The record stores were definitely important for, you know, because there was the mainstream record stores that the malls, different malls would have. What were they called? I forget. The same. The wall. Sam Man, you ever hear the wall? You remember that one? Yeah. So you that. might find you might find a sick of it all in there or a biohazard type in there. But you're not going to find, uh, you know, the other shit. But the local record stores, I mean, they wheel and deal. So people would stop in there and and bands would stop through and leave their shit. You know, consignment. Here's, here's 10 demos, five CDs, whatever it is. And that's how you just found shit back then. What a time. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'll, I'll give I'll give there was like, uh, you know, one of the, the major stores. You know, you, you remember Definitely, Sam yeah. Goody, right? Sam Goody got it. Sam Goody and the King of Pressure Mall used to have a local section. Oh, yes. They had one like that up in uh, by Scranton. I think Clark Summit, they had a local section and they used to have carry VOD, stuff like that. So probably the same thing down exactly. there. Very cool. I, I, I discovered, do you remember a band called Chime? Yeah, from Allentown area, I believe. Yep. I discovered Chime that way. I would buy, con like, you know, they'd have punk rock. Somebody would. Somebody was dropping off punk rock compilations and I picked up a compilation called punk uprising. Mm. I was, I, I was thinking I was 14, 15 or 14 or 15 years old when I, when I picked that up, I had like, like 
anti-heroes on it h2o they had like a live recording from h2o there's a lot of good shit on like i mean like that even kind of opened some doors for me that like kind of opened the doors to h2o and like i'm trying to think who else was on that had some hard bands on it and that was like holy shit they kind of you know just another door that opened up for me but yeah chine chine that's how i discovered chine yeah the uh lehigh valley had a uh a little scene of their own there was a band chine they might have turned eventually into a band called insangel then of course it was dysphoria they were a little outside the but all those bands kind of had their shit together and they would get cds pressed and semi-professional looking products yeah. yeah it was cool yeah that and i do remember that i remember seeing flyers a lot where dysphoria and chine would play together yep very cool so you've been around for a minute you're not a new jack like mahmoud was saying New Jack, no. stand back. Wait, new what Jack. else do you say nah, about me? Who loves you? He's always defending <laughs> you. All the other guys in the band would say, We need a new singer. He's too, he's a loose cannon. And Mamu's like, Nah, man, we're keeping him. So, nah, nobody <laughs> said that. I'm trying to cause controversy and carried by six, but I'll keep, I'll keep my mouth <laughs> shut before, before I'm getting carried by six. <laughs> what do you guys got coming up? Any shows oh, or man. what? Uh, what was it May 27th uh, out in Delaware County media we're playing with um, there's a bunch of young bands a bunch of younger kids that are just coming into the scene uh, that are kind of they're kind of starting to build their own thing like um, a bunch of kids that do it's called Dying Wish what was it Dying Wish Pro- Pro- Productions nice. and where were they from a bunch of, bunch of young kids I think they're like uh, this kid, uh, Ben. He's he's actually from up your way. He's up close to Lehigh Valley. And then there's this other kid, Eric. Both young kids. He's from. I, I want to say he's from Delaware County. He's a Delco. Delco. Because they kind of yeah Delco. <laughs> uh, and we're playing with uh, May or yeah May twenty seventh. It's a Friday. Doors are at six thirty. Playing with Killing Me. Um, dude, I mean, this, the, the kid, Andrew, the guitarist from killing me, he's going to be, yeah, he's, he's going to, he's going to be the next OG. Yeah. That kid. Yeah. He's young. He, he's a little ripper. Nice. And then, um, there's a, a, a snub nose is playing another younger band. And then there's a, this straight edge band from Delaware. It's their first show. I'm gonna butcher the name. I think it's it sounds like Gatorade. It it, it almost it's spelled mm-hmm. like Gatorade. So I I I uh, apologize to the young kids, but uh So what's the yeah. name? Yeah, so we gotta I dude hold on, let me look it up real quick because I don't want I don't fuck. What is Gator or uh, <laughs> I I don't even know. You gotta check them out. Huh. Hold on, let me look this up real quick. The straight edge band. I didn't get any memo about this. I didn't yeah. okay this. I, I send them your way. I said, listen, you got to talk to the straight edge. Yeah, let me see your papers. You calling yourself straight edge? <laughs> I don't know you. Yeah. All right. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Uh, actually, one of the kids. Uh, here we go. All right. So, yeah, 
May 27th, doors at 6.30. First band will probably go on at 7. Uh, Garrett, G-A-R-R-O-T-E. Garrett. Huh, I wonder what that means. Yeah, some some young kids from Delaware. Young Is straight it edge X, kids. Garrett X? Uh, it what might is be. Is it on the flyer now? No, nah, I mean, it's just G-A-R-R-O. No, no X's. They haven't, they haven't Maybe it's, uh, earned it's those O-D X's yet. O-D or T? No, O-T. Garrot. Garrot. Huh, who knows? I have no idea. Yeah, Garrot. Maybe it means something real cool that we don't know. Yeah. And everybody's like, at home's like, oh, that's hard. And we're like, we don't even know it has a meaning. Yeah. So it's a garot. We'll, we'll, we'll go, we'll ride that pronunciation. Mm-hmm. Garot. Uh, downhill. Snub nose. Killing me and ourselves. We'll be headlining that, which is, you know, it is what it is. Hopefully everybody sticks around and watches. Nice. Us. But, uh, you know, and then after that, we got June 18th, War at the Shore. I mean, like that, that's going to be a, a sick, mm. sick day. The venue's right on the beach. If you were at the Shattered, or, I'm sorry, if you were at the E Town shows, um, you know, end of winter, beginning of spring, same exact venue, Anchor Rock Club, Atlantic City, New Jersey, June 18th, Shattered Rum. Friend for a reason, 25 fucking years. Damn. 25 years. That's wild. Old motherfuckers. Yeah, so they're they're doing their 25 Beautiful. year thing, foreign hands, shackled, bunch of young bands, you know, off the track. Bob Wilson's new band, Street Struck, our boy Troy. Um, Hold My Own's playing, Not One Truth, South Jersey Boys. I mean, a choice to make. All right, we got bands from all over the place. Mm-hmm. You know? That's dope. So you got some stuff coming up. Now, you, gonna, you guys going to practice for this stuff, or are you just going to wing it? No. No, we're going to wing it. We're just going to show you up. Know, I'll, I'll drink drink a couple vodkas. Maybe do some performance-enhancing drugs. Beautiful. <laughs> and that's and not steroids. Huh. No, I don't do that. No, no. You know Other you kind know? of performance-enhancing. Yeah, <laughs> in, in the sack, performance dehancing, but on stage, performance yeah. enhancing. Let's go, baby. <laughs> now, what, what were you on the day that you tried? Of all the humans on planet Earth, I've never hugged a man oh. as long as I've hugged you in the back of a van <laughs> going from Canada to New York City. <laughs> For people that don't know what I'm talking about, I had to restrain Zach for a long time, probably like over an hour. I had to like hug a guy who was half naked with one sock off somehow. And, uh, okay. <laughs> what were you on that night? What pro- performance enhancing, uh, none, none, none. That was just straight. Oh, that, booze, baby. Okay. That's that was, that, well, what was it? whiskey? That was whiskey made you like that? Or just, a- no, it was a, a little, a little bit of whiskey. They were given, they had, Liter, oh, you know, Canada, it's a little yeah. bit different. They had liter, liter bottles of beer. So, you know, me, I'm, I'm in Toronto. I'm getting it in. And the beers, the beer in Canada is a little bit stronger than here in America. And, you know, we don't, when we're on the road, there's no pit stops. You piss in a cup. There's no eating. We'll eat when we get there. 
Wow. And, uh, you know, no, I, you know, it, we, now we, lim- li- we were in li- the matrix. I was a sober spectator that night from your perspective of a person who was, uh, you know, on, on leaders of Canadian beer and other alcohol, what do you recall? I recall, well, you know, Luke and I, our, our friendship is a very competitive one. Luke, our drummer, wisdom and change drummer, for those who don't know, who was on yes. uh, two episodes ago, I believe. Okay. Continue. So, uh, I mean, our, our rivalry is already city based mm-hmm. New York city versus Philadelphia. So our shit's better. No, our shit's better. We could do this better. We could do this, you know, so it goes back and forth and, you know, high fiving eventually turns into fuck yous. We do this better or I can do this faster. And then, uh, one thing led to another. I said, let's put this in motion. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I you you could probably tell the story better than I can. That's all you remember. I I remember. All right, so we did. <laughs> you guys played the little wrestling game. So I said, "All right, no." It and the the thing was, uh, Jotham is a trained jujitsu expert. He's a triple five fifth degree black belt jujitsu man. Pretty big. Whatever. Yeah, couldn't. And like the thing is, you got to pin. To get not, not pin the guy, but take him yeah. to the ground within like uh within yeah. reason. So we're we're in the street, and I'll give it to Luke. He's 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 a squirrely guy for like a little little guy with you know, he's a little, a little he's greasy like a Italian guy. tank. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that he is. He's like a little baby rhino. Yeah, that's his nickname. Yeah, the baby rhino. He's got the yeah. tiny feet. You rhino call. <laughs> so it turned into that we're we're wrestling we're we're engaging each other i'm trying to get into the ground yeah. i rip his tank top right off Ooh. of him you know he he now looks like andre the giant the with one the, like, side uh, one strap one <laughs> he's got this uh, you know the sling it's almost like a sling i don't know uni nipple a, a the uni nipple out yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> so that did work he to 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 my to my uh uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Defense. He, yeah. In my defense, he wouldn't, he wouldn't start off anywhere close to me. He would not let me, he would, cause he knew I get my hands on him. I get a good grip on him. He's going mm-hmm. down. That's it. Game over. So remember that he wins that. So the next wisdom in chains thing that they do <laughs> is a, is a yes. foot race. The now, 40 yard me, dash. Being Yes. Me being the athlete that I am, I know I got this. I got this on lock. There's no way his little stumpy legs <laughs> are going to outdo my, my fucking, my legs are made of perfection. Like, it's like, you know, God cut them out of stone. You know, I got quads all over the place. I got the perfect calves. I remember, I remember but, Jotham really <laughs> like instigating this race too. Of course. You know, he was instigating. Jeez, Joe. That's what you guys do. You guys. You guys are professional. No, actually, it was me instigating. So, I was trying to blame Joe, but <laughs> so I we lined this up, and I know I got this on lock. Now, the the rookie mistake that I made was I did not lace my shoes up tight. I'm a loose sh- sneaker guy. 
I go a half a size down so I can wear them mm-hmm. loose. For the style, for the style, you weren't expected to to be in a professional race exactly. that night. Yeah, I I got my fresh Air Force ones. Or I'm I'm sorry, Air Max ones on. I'm looking and, at uh, them right now. By the way, <laughs> yeah, you're probably you probably I got them after the van ride. Remember, uh, you forgot. Oh yeah, that's right, that's right. Um, so I didn't lace them up. I said I got this yeah. in the bag. So we line up. Boom. Next thing I know, I'm out ahead by maybe like a stride or two. The heel of my, the heel pops out of my. They call sneaker. that a flat tire. Yeah, exactly. So, me being the extremely competitive guy that I am, oh, this is this is where it gets bad, ladies and gentlemen. Impulse. This and like this wasn't like premeditated. This wasn't anything. I am not losing this race, especially because he's already up one on the events. Exactly. As soon as my heel comes out, I miss a stride. Luke starts to pull away. And I said, not today, my friend. And while we're running full stride, I give Mike a little, <laughs> a little love oh, pat. I don't know. I don't remember it like that, but okay. <laughs> I, I, yeah, hey, this is, this is, yeah, this this is the way your, I Your recollection is nothing wrong here. Uh-huh. I love tap. And. Ended up almost killing him. And <laughs> that was a big weekend for you guys, you know? Where did he land? What happened to him? <laughs> From my recollection, he went face first into a parked Subaru. Ah, okay, okay. All right. <laughs> this is how I remember it. So, That's how I remember. You guys uh, <laughs> are having a lot of fun and games. Everybody's enjoying and Luke is definitely hard to get down. We saw Mad Joe could not get him and multiple times throughout Romania, France, Germany. We would make the circle, and Joe could not get his hands on this little greasy Italian tank that we call Luke Rota. And uh, he played that game with you, and he survived, and he got one point. The next game, and you guys were kind of like hugging and laughing and a lot of fun, loving on each other. You were a team Basically, throughout that night, all, all through the night, partying together, laughing, talking to this one, that one. You guys are having a good time. Then we set up the 40-yard dash, and maybe that's where we went too far because now they're a little cross-eyed. They're a little too drunk. They're going too far. They just got off the, uh, the high competition where a shirt was ripped. Boom, right off the bat, something happens, a flat tire on Zach's end. Old Luke, he's pretty fast for a little short, chubby guy. He is. I'll give and it he, to him. Uh, <laughs> he was pulling ahead, and damn, Zach went full force on him, pushed him with all his might off of the racetrack into a parked Subaru, denting the doorway, the, the door of the Subaru car that was parked there. And he continues running. Poor Luke on the ground, moaning. His shoulder looks dislocated. His eyeballs are in the back of his head. He's screaming in pain. The owner of the car comes comes running out. It turns out it's the show promoter, the show promoter's girlfriend. Who the fuck did this? What happened? Zach is offended that she wants to know who damaged her car. He goes crazy on her. Fuck you. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> to, 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 to be fair, I did not even know the car was fucked up yeah. at that point. Oh, so. yeah. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. So. I'm, I mean, I, and I, you know, I'm a little yeah, cross-eyed, cross-eyed. So. so it continues, blah, blah, blah. 
they want uh, then uh okay their friends comes back shakes hands and looks like no nah, fuck this then zach goes crazy and then we calm him down and then it, that goes back and forth for like 45 minutes until we convince everybody to get in a van i never sit in the back seat of the van now i'm condemned to the back seat of the van because i have to babysit zach who is going crazy and trying to attack luke who we put no. in the front seat of the van <laughs> so we got we got two rows of benches between us zach is trying to come back or go forward luke is turning back around insulting him Joe's trying to hold Luke. I'm holding, and I'm just clutching Zach for uh, over an hour until finally he fell asleep in my arms like a newborn baby. And then we had peace until we got to New York. And since then, you guys' uh, relationship has been a little tense here and there. But uh, it, you, it seems you both got over. And a little side note, Zach did the right thing because he's a class act, and he sent money and paid for this uh, girl's car that he damaged. If I if I remember correctly, uh, yeah. yes, the Canadian people are nice people. What a what a great uh, you story! Know. I remember sick of it all there, and uh, I remember Lars from Rancid was a witness <laughs> to this, and he was not a you know people were kind of spooked by you. They were spooked, and that's that's where Craig gave you the name. I think uh, Nature Boy. He's he started Nature calling Boy. you Nature Boy after that. Hey, you know, he, that's See, from a bad thing, a great nickname was born. Sick of it all, Lars. If you if you're listening, you need security. You know what I'm capable of. Let's let's do this. Take me you out need on the road. Car damaged. Take take Zach out on the road mm-hmm. with you, and and Luke because he has to use yeah. Luke to throw into the car. I'll pick Luke up by his feet. You know, you know, use him like a bat. Boy, what a crazy time! What a crazy time! Oh, and there was other crazy, yeah. so many crazy times with with you, you alone. Or, or Luke alone, but you two together. Wow. I mean, you you alone, you the way you encourage me to drink. Nah, I'm always like, man, Zach, I'm not sure if you should drink. And you're like, shut the fuck up, pussy. And I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> Damn. Make a, one one morning I wake up with blood all over my face. Oh know? my God. That's in <laughs> North Carolina, I believe. I'm gonna blame Bosco for that. Both you. Are. <laughs> Both you. You live in Philly with Bosco. You ever even hang with him? Jeez. He's t- Bosco doesn't wake up till four o'clock in the morning. I work two jobs. Yeah, that's true. It's a different <laughs> different lifestyle. He's Bosco is constantly in the matrix. He's he's like he, he came I, out to Phoenixville though. You I, see him? I, I, I what are you what what, 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 what are you what up to? <laughs> uh, uh, Rich, you got a tail or no? That's my Bosco imitation. He's what a guy. Bosco is like you ever have like a dog that's like a cool dog that just like sits there when you look at the dog they blink at you and like like Bosco's like that. Like he's just, I just I just want like being around him. He's cool. He's like you know he could. You know what you got you got to have him on the air. You got to introduce the masses to the Bosco B. Yeah, but people would think my fucking audio is slipping and everything. He's. <laughs> It'd be stuttering all over the place, Bosco. Yeah, stuttering prick. Yeah. Now nah, he don't really do that no much no more, does he? He's, nah, he's a well. He used to be guy. like a stutterer, not so much anymore. Then again, look at the, how how much stutterers helped Howard Stern show. Maybe you should have him on. Yeah, exactly, dude. You could have your own little whack pack, dude. Yeah, I could. Damn. Give me three guys I could have as the whack pack. 
Well, I mean, you kind of do. You got Ray. Oh, you got Luke, oh my God. You got me. Dude, the Ray. You're talking like you're comparing Ray and Luke to like Beetlejuice and, and Hank the Angry Dwarf and shit, though. That's kind of fucked up, man. That is kind of fucked up. And if Ray's listening, right? Ray don't got no love for us no more. Ray, where you at? You people uh, wondering where you're at, man. Damn. Probably got a probably got a sprained ankle. He's afraid to leave the house. Or you know? I got a now for six months. <laughs> Get out the house, live life. It's almost over. Come on, there's food sort of shortages. It's the end of time. It's coming. Inflation. Come on. You know, I I, I keep the party going. Everybody's falling yeah. off. I mean, everybody's girlfriends, and I keep it Yo, real. Your boy shows you know? up, son. My old ass is always showing yeah. up. You know how yeah. I do. Showed up to the gridiron. Damn right. The PA all day. I'm not going to show up. Let's go. The mayor's not going to show up. Are you crazy? Gridiron is is dope, too. I liked it. That was a good show, man. You know, I I mean, like, there's been some some pretty crazy shows. You know, Death Threats played there. Scarhead played there. Oh, yeah. Definitely. You know, but that gridiron set it off. I mean, they kind of set the bar real fucking high. I, I I personally never want to play there ever again because I don't think there's ever going to be a reaction like that. Well, hey, it's no I competition. Mean, you don't have fun. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. It's, but I mean that that was a memorable night. I was, you know, high tide raises all gotta, ships, and right now there's a high yes. tide. So let's all enjoy it and exactly. let's all float up there together and do the right thing. But listen, listen. Exactly. We talked about Zach's life a little bit. We talked about his band some upcoming shows, some upcoming releases, some influences, this and that. You got anything else you want to add to these fine people? Uh, you know, just, uh, just keep, keep doing your thing. Keep on showing up the shows early. Keep buying merch. Keep, keep your, keep your ear to the ground. You know, don't, don't try and let anybody tell you, Oh, this is cool. That's cool. You know, do your thing. Pick up an instrument. If you, Always dreamed of being in a band. Hit people up. That's it. Wise you know? words, baby. Don't be afraid to reach out. That's it. You know, next thing you know, you're playing a, a record release. Everybody's moshing, going crazy. You're making new friends. You're making connects. Next thing you know, you're 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 in Japan, playing in front of 500 people. You know, I mean, it's a beautiful thing of ours. You know, uh, what you put into it is what you're going to get exactly. out of it. Exactly. So, That's the truth. If you hustle, you're going to do it. If you do it half-ass, you can still have a good time, but it's going to be half-ass. You know what I mean? It's just levels to this. But if you're all out and you go all in, boom, you're good. And Never disrespect never. hardcore. Always respect hardcore and keep your mouth shut. That's what they said in the Bronx Tale, <laughs> I think it was. And I, I stick with that. <laughs> all right, Zachy, I'm going to let you go. You let the people know. And... uh I'll see you soon. I know there's something coming up where I'm going I'm to see you at. All right, my man. All right, homie. I'll talk soon. Thanks a lot for listening. We really appreciate it. Post America Podcast will always be there for you. Don't forget that. Tune in next time for more fun with the boys. Until then... Get your fucking ass out of here before I give you a smack, motherfucker! Who the fuck you think you in? This is post-America! You ain't shit, motherfucker!